Amen. Peace of Christ be with you. Happy Friday, the first Friday of November. We stepped out of October, which ended so dreary and wet and cold and miserable, and we stepped in to November that is full of glory and light, and let it be a metaphor for what is to come. Amen? Hey, we've got some guests here at Hope College checking us out, and we want to welcome you to Hope. And maybe one of you who's here is wondering, is this where God wants me to be? And let me end the suspense. Yeah. God, I'm, I'm, I've got the Bible. God says you should come to hope. We're really grateful that you're here, and we're grateful that you have an opportunity to take a look at us. Um, and we'd love to be your people, the people of hope. We also have some Nykirk action coming on. Yeah. Some, yeah. Right. One day, one day I want to do, I want to learn the hands. I just want to, I just want to learn. It's going to be a great night and I wish you all the best, odd and even. It's going to be beautiful. We're so grateful that you're here. Nykirk is one of those things that's just so special about a college, these traditions, the pool, Nykirk, uh, all that student activities puts together. It just makes such a great environment. I love college. I, I love walking on a campus and I love seeing those trees like candles right now. I love walking around and seeing everyone with their backpacks as they're hustling to classes. I love everything really what a college is about, rooting for the home team, uh, watching hands. <laughs> I just love it. I love college. But one of the things I fundamentally love about college is it's a place that's safe to ask questions. And maybe some of those questions you're asking yourself right now, the, not just what two plus two equals, but the more deeper questions. What, what is the way to the life I want to live? What is truth? And how do I know if it's true or not? What's the good life? These questions that are just below the surface as you're answering two plus two, but those questions are important. But if we're honest, some of those questions can also trigger some anxiety because there's no easy answer to that. At least that's true for me. I'm somebody who manages anxiety. I struggle with it sometimes. It's kind of a pulse baseline in my life. And sometimes the questions that are really important for us to ask and answer, the questions that Hope College is set aside for you to ask and answer, I just know that sometimes they're hard. And you might feel all your feels as you're trying to navigate that. If that's you this morning, I want to give you a scripture. It's from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. This is Jesus speaking. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would not have said to you, I'm going to make a place for you. And if I'm going to make a place for you, I will come again and bring you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also, and you will know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas, one of his disciples, was with him, and he said, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my father also, and from now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled, says Jesus. Now here's the context of this verse, which is really important. It's chapter 14, chapter 13 in the Gospel of John is, begins what's called the upper room discourse. Jesus has that final last meal with his disciples. And during that meal, he tells his disciples, I'm going away from you. I'm going to leave you. Now, for the last three years, the disciples have been with Jesus day and night. They have traveled with him. They have seen what he did. They have heard what he said. And now, all of a sudden, at this moment when they're entering into Jerusalem, this moment when Jesus is supposed to put the world to rights and to take his crown, he says, I'm going to leave you. And then he says to Peter, after Peter says, Jesus, don't leave. I, I will die for you. Jesus says to Peter, before the third day, you will deny me three times. Peter, the, the, the most devout, the, the strongest, the, in front of his friends, Jesus calls him out and says, no, you're going to betray me. Imagine that was palpable on their face, the distress, the trouble. That's when Jesus speaks, chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do you ever have that deep in your heart? You just feel anxious or trouble, doesn't make sense. There's a cognitive dissonance going on. What's interesting is what he says next. It's a shocking claim to me. It's an important claim. And he offers an antidote to the troubled heart. He gives us a key that unlocks us from a life of fear and anxiety. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. A double imperative. Believe in God and believe also in me. Which is interesting. God and Jesus. What is, it raises the question, what is that relationship between God and Jesus? Between this human being who's speaking to his friends and the eternal God who made all things? And you see, that's one of the important questions that we hope you answer here at Hope College. Not just in chapel, but also in your classroom and on the dorm, on the soccer pitch. That wherever you go, that you might be able to answer with confidence and conviction the question of who is Jesus? What is this relationship between God and Jesus? Uh, a week and a half ago, I was in the Berkshire Mountains. And I was invited to a small gathering of pastors from the West Coast and East Coast, North and South, um, pastors of varying traditions. We were gathering at the home of Fleming Rutledge, uh, an author and a theologian and a pastor, and she invited a group of us together to just simply talk for three days about what are the theological challenges facing the church today. It was interesting to listen to different voices, north, south, east, and west, talked about the, the crisis of human flourishing, the, the, the crisis in the, what is the church, the crisis of politics facing how we think. But again and again and again, each pastor, each theologian, each writer confided and confessed that one of the major challenges facing the church was that there was little interest anymore in who Jesus is. There's a great interest in practices in a spiritual life. There's a great interest in the Enneagram. There's a great interest in uh, our different political parties and discourses. There's a great interest in social action. All of that's really good. There was little interest, though, in Jesus. That some people like this said, my, my church, they, they like to know what Jesus said or, or what he did. We like the dramatic miracles and we like the healing stories, but very few people have an appetite 
a desire to know who Jesus is as a person. And I thought that was interesting. I thought it was interesting in light of this uh, moment that we're in to try to figure out that question about who is Jesus. And so I put it before you today. Who is this Jesus? Why is this Jesus somebody that we should trust? And who could be the antidote to a troubled heart? That's why I love these I am statements. If you're new in chapel, we've been working through the Gospel of John, and I've been identifying these seven I am statements in John. There are seven statements where Jesus says, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. And today we hear another one of those I am statements. At this dramatic moment when he is about to leave his disciples, he says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have seen me, you know my Father also, and from now on you do know him and have seen him. These I am statements are direct accounts of Jesus' declaration that he is the revelation of God to the world. There can be no confusing. There can be no misunderstanding. There can be no running away from what Jesus says. You can reject it. You can disagree with it. You can ignore it, but you cannot say Jesus didn't say this about himself. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That toothy, exclusive, unique claim he says about himself it challenges all of our sentimentalities about Jesus. We love the little baby Jesus, Advent's coming. We love the resurrected Jesus and the overcoming death, and we love it when Jesus is wailing at the Pharisees and shouting at the religious authorities, and we love the healing, and we love the call to love your neighbor as ourselves. but we get a little uncomfortable when that same Jesus, that same Jesus, that same Jesus says this about himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Why is that? Why can he make that claim? Because the word was made flesh and lived among us. Jesus is making a claim about revelation, and in revelation, either we have to go to God or ha God has to come to us. Either we have to do our practices and climb the ladder to get to the very top, or somehow God's got to come down from the ladder and confront us. And the good news of the gospel, the overwhelming witness of the Christian faith for two millennia, is that God has come to us in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the revelation that overwhelms the world with his grace. He is the key that unlocks us from our presumed world in which most of us are trapped and pushes us out into that wide open country of salvation. And there our feet find themselves on a narrow path that leads farther up and further in to the high country of the Trinity where the air is thin but the glory is thick. And there we are confronted with the truth that gives us a new life, a life that opens up the way to the possibility of a new way of being human and flourishing. If you want to answer the question, what is the good life? If you want to know the truth, if you want to know the way, my friends know Jesus. Not only know what he did and what he said, but know who he is. Who is Jesus? The scriptures say that he is God. And he is for you. He is for you. He says yes to you. God says yes to you. But it raises another important question. Can you trust this God? 
Can you trust Jesus? All I can say to that is come and see. Take a risk, take a step, and find out for yourself. And if you do, you may discover. You may discover a new life, a new beginning, a fresh start. You may find yourself exploring that large, expansive geography of the kingdom of God. You might discover that there is a truth that melts away all of that anxiety and that troubleness in your heart. You may just find your feet on a narrow path that leads farther up and further in. And you may discover on that path that Jesus is not only the way, he is also the destination. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go in peace.